Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. If you build it, he will. It's the City on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. I throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Calc with The Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Good Paul Jones Tuesday to you of Western Oklahoma. Welcome to The Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal, it is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll be telling you all about Rodney uh, Rodney and the gang throughout the entire show. Coming up, some guys just never learn. What an interesting thing that came out last night in college football. Is Lincoln Riley just trying to get beat 63-60 to now every game? Interesting hire. Talk about that. NBA playoffs, the play-in games start tonight. Thunder tomorrow night. So we can talk about... You know, the series that we know are happening, which one are we looking forward to the most in round one? What's a series you want to see later on down the line, maybe? In an Eastern or Western Conference Finals, the NBA Finals, whatever it might be. And then who makes those Conference Finals? We'll give our predictions. The Finals, who's going to be your NBA champion? We'll talk NBA a bunch here in the middle of the show. I'll put a bow on the Masters. The PGA coming up in a month at Oak Hill. What are you going to be watching for? Like, who, who are you going to be kind of keeping your eye on between now and then? Have Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm really separated themselves from everybody? And then Jordan Spieth, I thought, was interesting after, after his fourth round, talking about the fatigue, the mental fatigue that he had kind of coming out of the Masters. Is that just another way to say the live guys have it right? After the way they performed, I don't – hmm, more enticing? I don't know. And also some uh, spring sports stuff from yesterday. Uh, we've got assignments for slow pitch. We've got assignments for Class A and B district uh, baseball that we can talk about. District races heating up down the stretch here in 4A. <clears throat> and so lots of things going on there on the baseball field, the softball field, and then uh, Elk City – hosted their golf tournament yesterday as well that we could talk about right off the top. 225-9698 is the phone to the text line. That's 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We're talking about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698. Going to be outside the listening area. A couple ways to stay in touch with the show. One of those is to log on to kadsam.com and download the app. The app's got it all, except for it's not on. Yeah, it's got it all with the internet when it's working. We're having some internet issues. So anyhow, KADSAM.com or the app. You got three radio stations. You got the Penny News, brand new edition of the Penny News. 
Hit the website last night at midnight at thepennynews.com. Or it will tonight, I mean. Pick up a free copy of the Penny News coming up tomorrow, the new one. So you can do both. You can pick up last week's right now, and then the next week's you can do it tomorrow or Thursday. Got uh, Big Elk and Paragon TV. We've got Skinny on Sports Podcast. If you miss the show entirely, you can find us on KADSAM.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, all over the place. We are available. Hello, Jared. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you today? I'm I'm good. You know, I got something off. <laughs> Not the, stressed at all. <laughs> I got something off the show, uh, off the top here to ask you about. What you got? I don't have on the rundown. Andrew Heaney? No, oh, no. Man. I want to know, do you think that the Dallas Wings reinvented their roster and their organization last night with three top 11 picks? Mm, it's interesting, interesting concept. I was really, uh, you know, when I sat down this morning to watch Sports Center, and the second the top story was the WNBA draft, I got all the information for you. That so you what? So, which yeah. pick do you think was the best pick last night? Maddie Williams, clearly. Clearly taking Maddie Williams. Because that's the only one I can remember. Can you ask? Can you explain to the listeners who Maddie Williams she is? She plays for OU. Played for OU. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I got about thirty-five minutes in, and there was still no story about Andrew Heaney's record-setting performance last night against the Royals. Nine in a row, right? Nine strikeouts. Yeah, a couple away from setting the record. What is the record? 11. He tied 11 for, strikeouts in a, in row. a row. He got the nine. Who in the heck struck out 11 in a row? Oh, man, I had that right in front of me. But then the internet went out. I've got some. i got some internet here. He tied the oh. AL record. Tied the record, yeah, for nine. And Tyler Alexander. Maybe it's 10 or 11. I thought there was a – The major league, the, the, the major league record is 10? 10. 10, okay. Set by two people. Fister? Tom Seaver. Seaver. In 1970. That's the record. Yeah, that's the record. 70. Matched by Aaron Nola and of my Milwaukee Brewers, Corbin Burns. Very good. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I mean, an Oklahoma kid doing that. That was pretty cool. I was listening to it while I was doing the dishes. <laughs> but that was that was pretty cool. And then, I mean, that's a good one-two punch. If he can, if he can be, be like that. I mean, very rarely are you going to pitch better than Jacob DeGrom, but now, based on the rotation, Jacob DeGrom plays tonight. Are you are you trying to deflect WNBA draft talk? Very much so. <laughs> I want to know who you thought was the best pick in the WNBA draft. I gave you my best pick, just because that's the only okay, one, who, I, okay, I, who that's the only best one that the... popped up on my phone because I follow OU <laughs> Athletics, and it popped up that she got drafted. Okay, like who at the 18th the... spot, I can't remember. Second round, right? I saw, I saw 18th pick, Maddie Williams. So who do you think was the best pick in the I first round? I don't know. I don't. First, round, first pick? Do you know who the, the first young, pick the young was? The lady from South Carolina. Do you know who the first pick was? Uh, is that Aaliyah Butler? The Boston. That's right. Boston? You're, on, you're on it. Okay. You're on it. Yeah. Aaliyah Boston. Boston. Yeah. South she Carolina. Was, she was the first pick. Yes. The Gamecocks to, had uh, five. In Indiana. I can even tell you that. Five first rounder or five picks in the draft from well, they were good. They, South Carolina. They were really good. A lot of talent there. The Wings had five or had three picks in the top eleven. Was that Indiana? Dallas. Da- oh, I'm sorry. You just said that Dallas. The Dallas Wings. Dallas Wings. Looking to transform. Formerly from Tulsa. Trying to is that right? Yeah, they were in Tulsa. 
for like maybe four years and then moved down to Dallas. Changed names. They were Tulsa something. Maybe the 66ers or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, that makes two of us. All right, spring sports around here yesterday. Your, your knowledge was pretty deep there. Well, that was just because <laughs> I impressed. sat down with my coffee. <laughs> I only had one kid to get ready this morning. My other one, God bless her, is not feeling well, so she stayed home. But uh, I turned on Sports Center. Usually I turn on the Weather Channel. But I wanted to see if they had anything on Heaney, if any more of those numbers we talked about. And uh, I gave up about 30 minutes in. I was like, I cannot believe. It's still talking about the WNBA. Well, there was a second story. The lead was the Rays. My goodness. Still on a tear, 10-0. and 0. Yeah, I was listening last night driving home. They're approaching records. Yeah. And until, what, what did they win yesterday? What was the score? It was, I was like, like one, one nothing, nothing wasn't it? Yeah. I think that was the first time they didn't win by four runs. Right. Yeah, the Rays are absolutely hot. Now, they haven't played anybody. Before last night. Who'd they play last Boston. night? Yeah, that's a little bit better. I mean, they were playing the A's and the yeah. well, Cincinnati maybe. Well, it's still baseball. You could still lose one-run games to it, bad teams like yeah, that. Just winning, like the Angels yesterday losing to Washington. Yeah, Washington was another team that they'd played. Yeah. Winning them all is amazing. Winning them all by four is stupid. Yeah. We'll pretty. see if they can keep it up. That's pretty impressive. All right, and so let's ba- see if anybody goes. Down no, Tampa well, the answer no, that's no. Nobody goes to their games yeah, down there. I promise you that. You know what? Yes, they will Take- when they play the Yankees, because all the Yankees fans that have moved from New York to Florida <laughs> to retire will fill up the stadium. I think the the wasn't there a conversation a few years ago about actually moving them or sharing them with Montreal? I believe there was, and then what's his name locked down the country and he can't get in there. Trudeau. Oh yeah, mini Hitler. Yeah, that's right. Well. It'd be cool to see Montreal with baseball again. Yeah, because they supported it so well. <laughs> well, that's what they, they would they would feel it. at home. There's nobody there. Yeah, do the <laughs> d- during the cold, like early parts of the season when it's cold, play them down the Rays, down in Tampa Bay where nobody goes, and then when it warms up, go up to Montreal where still nobody goes. I mean, if they were inside in Montreal. I think it's outside because what? Who played? Somebody had Since to move when? there. No, they built something new. Or am I thinking of Buffalo? Where somebody had to play at Buffalo or Montreal or something. Toronto had to play at Buffalo. That's what I'm thinking about. Right. Why was that? Because of COVID. Because they wouldn't let you in. Is that why? Yes. They moved everything to Buffalo? Yes. Unreal. You couldn't get in for the playoffs. They wouldn't let you in the country. Did you see the president actually signed off, said it's not, not an emergency anymore? Yeah, we'll see. He actually signed off on it. I wanted to ritually burn anything COVID-related to my house. A mask, anything. Anything. Yeah. We'll see about that. All right, sports, spring sports Meanwhile, around here yesterday. Meanwhile, he's falling upstairs. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, he's a... <laughs> and smelling a kid. Go well, I mean, ahead. Smelling little kids. That's. I mean, we all do that, right? <laughs> Whew. How about no, Scotty? We do <laughs> not all do that. I think it's illegal. <laughs> It's not it ought to be. I smell my kid's hair. Did you wash your hair? No, you didn't. Go back there and scrub your head. Yeah, I don't have to get that Did close. you brush your teeth? Oh, no, you did not. Put your shoes on, son. But that's my kid. We're in the car. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> All right, baseball yesterday. I uh, went out and enjoyed. What a gorgeous day for baseball. I mean, once that storm blew by, it was very nice. Out. Oh, man, it was nice. Uh, and it was nice if you're wearing the brown and white uh, as the Big Elks 
shut out Clinton thirteen nothing. Um, we got to see Cash Mayfield on the on the hill here at uh, Ackley Park. He was awesome. Um, I think he, there was one base runner he allowed via the walk. That was it. Um, big out bats were pretty good too. Uh, so Elk City rolling right now as they took the lead momentarily at least in the district standings nine and zero. The play those two teams will play over in Clinton today. Weatherford Kingfisher played like a half inning, and then that was it. They were at Kingfisher, and then that, that hailstorm that looked like snow blew through that area. So uh, they, I'm sure that they'll play both of them in Weatherford today, uh, pick up where they left off yesterday as Kingfisher will be the home team, and then play the other uh, district game today. Weatherford's 8-0. The Elks now 9-0, and and those two teams will play next week in their two-game series uh, for the district title. Um, depending on what happens, of course, this week as well. So uh, things kind of shake it out there in uh, District 4. The other districts kind of looking around the state, especially the top four, because that'll be um, a possible, you know, what where Oak City will figure out their uh, by-district assignment <clears throat> or their uh, regional as well. Tuttle can win the district today in 4A1 with a win over Mount St. Mary because uh, they've only got three district games left. The closest is Newcastle and Mount St. Mary with three losses. So if Tuttle wins today against Mount St. Mary, they will lock up uh, District 1. District 2 will be decided next week with Chickasha and Blanchard getting together. Both those teams undefeated. Ada next with three losses. You know, now's the the part where you start kind of looking for Elk City, for Clinton, for Weatherford, kind of looking ahead to by district opponents to where you might go for regional who would be there you know and that sort of thing uh, Ada Ada a being uh, if the whoever wins district four that's probably who you get one of those two teams and then in district three either mash uh, mash cash Marlowe or, or Lone Grove so those teams are kind of especially Lone Grove and Marlowe on the top two there in district three uh, so Everything's starting to kind of settle itself out around the state in spring sports on the uh, baseball field. Smaller schools, the districts were announced yesterday or maybe Sunday it leaked out there. Uh, Class B, looking down through the list. Let's see here. Granite will host Mountain View, Godibo, and Tipton. You've got Visai hosting Buffalo and Forgan. Leedy will host Sharon Mutual and Tyrone. These are all Class B district tournaments uh, sentinels got corn bible and sweetwater well the keep sickles dover and verdon hammonds hosting beaver and winoka duke will welcome arnett and eric class a canute cordell is a two-person that's a two-teamer uh, at canute da, 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 da. hollis gets geronimo and snyder you've got shattuck will host cheyenne raiden and fargo gauge fort supply Hydro's got uh, O'Keen and Ringwood. Rappo Butler will host. They'll get uh, Burnspot, Dill City, and Thomas. Navajo will host. B- B- uh, Blair and Olusty, Eldorado, also Carnegie there. Uh, let's see, anybody else from kind of around the area? Moreland's got Cherokee and Sealing at their place. So those are kind of, the, uh, the, those will be the district tournaments while it's next week, right? Or is it this week? Um, I'm looking on my phone. It's, ne- it's next week. I need a bigger phone or It's glasses. next week. It, it, next week? It's next week. Gotcha. So that'll be uh, the Class A and B 
district baseball tournaments. Now, in slow pitch, well, there's a bunch of these. Uh, all the, the district assignments were handed out yesterday. Class B, it'll be leading in Corn Bible, Lakeba Sickles Geary, Arnett Winoka. Uh, that's a dumb Mountain View. Godibo has a three-teamer with Cement and Duke. Class A, you got Hammond, gets Cimarron, Aline Cleo. Visai gets Buffalo and Beaver. Class 2A, Shattuck and Turpin. Canute gets Fargo Gage Fort Supply. Cheyenne Raiden goes to Surreal. Rappo Butler will play Ceiling at home. Navajo will host Snyder and Geronimo. 3A, that's probably kind of where we may not have anybody local. Yep, there's one. Hydro Eakley will host Burns Flat Deal City and Sayre. Get to 4A, maybe getting... Now the marital host Dibble and Community Christian, Hober to host Minko and Lexington. These are all slow pitch districts. And you're thinking, wait a minute, did I just hear Aaron say four A and Merritt in the same sentence? Well, yeah, you did. Because not a whole bunch of people play slow pitch, and so the classifications are a lot different uh there uh for the slow pitch playoffs. So that's pretty well everybody from around the area that will have those district assignments. Also we uh, hosted the golf tournament out here at Elk City Golf and C uh, Country Club yesterday. Disappointment, I would imagine, for the Big Elks as they were unable to uh, defend their home course. Woodward beat them by three, 303 to 306. Uh, Nathan and, and Mason, Nathan, Nathan Walmack, Mason Schmidt, both broke uh, 80 with a pair of 73s, but I, I know those guys are disappointed with those scores. Um, and then everybody else, the so 280s and an 81 from uh, Keaton Twyman. Tristan Dunn both had 80, 81 from uh, uh, Duncan, Braden Duncan. So Woodward wins. The Elks get second. Small school division, the Sarah Eagles were winners. And here's what's crazy, Jared. Sarah only had four guys. So they had to count all the scores. Mm, okay. And they still won. Uh, 363 to 366 from Frederick. So they were three-shot winners. So both the large and small school divisions were three-shot wins. For Woodward over Elk City, for Sayre over Frederick. All right. I would try to find the soccer score, but I can't. So we'll move on from there because I know there's soccer games yesterday. You, you a dead stick over there too? Yep, I am now. It's kind of fluttering back and forth. Once I once I am able to, I'll find that. All right, let's put a bow on the Masters. Uh, just kind of your final thoughts on, on what you saw down at Augusta National this week. I was thinking about it, you know, always – for what we do, look for storylines, and and you know obviously the storyline with John Rahm, and even through the weather, how how dominant he looked. Um, it's funny he, he played his you know that opening round, that opening hole in dang near perfect weather, but you know muscled through the the rain and the muck, and and still got the win. That was cool. But it's kind of like a story of age, like uh, you know you had your you know starting with the old. I hate to describe them like that. The elders, the 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 veterans, you know, Freddie Couples making the cut. That was cool. You know, we got the story about Tiger and and, and those struggles. And again, it comes with age and, and wear and tear on his body. Um, and you know, of course, uh, Phil finishing top two in what he does. And then the youth. You know, we got the young guys. You know, Hovland. Will he ever, you know, figure it out and put it together? You got the, the the Bennett kid, the amateur that was awesome for for amateur status. Um, so you got your old and your and your new. And what does that mean moving forward? You know, that's just that's just what the great thing about the Masters is. It's kind of what I was asking about yesterday. Is like, what can what 
person are we going to single in on? Like, okay, that guy had a good Masters. What can he do moving forward through the tour? Or, you know, the ramifications, and you touched on it, of, of live golf. You know, you had Phil up there uh, uh, finishing high and, and a couple others too. You know, what does that mean for uh, the future, maybe collaboration between the PGA and Liv and all that stuff? So I just always look at those storylines and just some of the stuff I took away from it. How about you? Yeah, the Liv is interesting because <clears throat> I think as the, the further it gets away from the, the beginning of it, I do think, in the, and I think the Masters has a huge part of this, it, just simply because it's the first time since this all went down that all these guys are in the same place. And when you finally see them all back together, I think a lot of people on both sides of this, of course the Liv has always been on this side because they're trying to figure out how to, to not be exiled from the PGA Tour, right? But I think maybe the, some of the PGA Tour guys – even once once you get back into that field with everybody, I think some of them even had a realization of you know what we kind of miss these guys. We miss the competition. We missed, you know, we miss the camaraderie. It's in and and I think there's going to end up being one stumbling block and one huge villain in all of this. You know who that is? Who's that? Greg Norman. Yeah. Yes. Because because I, I think after this week and after everybody kind of, after the emotions of it have simmered down, the PGA Tour guys have gotten kind of what they wanted with the purses and the increased money and all that kind of stuff. I think they you they start to realize well we're a lot like them. This is all about doing it for more money. So why can't we figure out a way to kind of have a kumbaya moment and 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 be more together? But I don't think Greg Norman sees it like that. And as long as he is as associated with Live Golf as he is right now, I think the animosity continues, at least to some degree. And there's not going to be a healing. There's not going to be a coming together of those two entities because I don't think he wants it to happen. I think he looks at himself as some sort of maverick of golf to flip it on its head and challenge the PGA Tour. Whereas I think the guys that went with him looked at it as a way to, to cash in, yet also I think they're what what has transpired on the PGA Tour since is what they wanted all along. So for the live outside of Greg Norman, it seems like huge wins for them, right? I mean they're they're yeah. they showed that they don't have to go through the weekly grind of the tour in order to compete in majors with three out of the top five, Phil Brooks and and Patrick Reed. So there's success. I think 12 out of the 18 live guys that were in the Masters made the cut. And so there, there's not this huge gap in, in being competitively sharp that a lot of people thought. And, of course, you, if you want to make the, well, Brooks kept only plays 54 holes joke, that's fine. But what? But how do you explain Phil? How do you explain Patrick Reed? You can't. So you, basically, that means that's a non-factor. The fifty-four. If they had all fell down the board in round four, okay, you have a point. Yeah, that but, was my uh, war, uh, wonder. Was you know, they don't play four rounds? They only they only play the three rounds at the live. Does that help them with stamina or hurt them 
because they're not used to playing. You know, they've got out of rhythm yeah. of playing those four <clears throat> rounds. Yeah. See, I think that I think you know, I was I, I was same way, guilty of it as well. But it turns out that was completely overblown, right? It was just like getting out. It, it was just like riding a bike for these guys. They played four rounds their entire life. Yeah. You know, and I think if you were kind of against live, you wanted that, like you made that a bigger deal in your mind because you wanted it to be true. Whereas in reality, it's just another round of golf for a lot of them. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. It's it's not. And, and when you hear what Jordan Spieth had to say, it really starts to make you wonder because Spieth talked about how he was physically and emotionally drained from all the golf that he played leading up to the Masters. Now, he's a little bit of a different case in that he's been working hard to try to regain what he had from a swing perspective, putting. You know, so his preparation going into Augusta may have been a little bit more than some of the other guys. But it's interesting that he's used those terms of being fatigued and being drained. Couple that with the success that the live guys had. And then you start to think, well, wait a minute. Do they have it right? You know, because that was, that was the one thing. It wasn't necessarily the, the playing 72 holes that I was thinking about. It was just the fact that they played three tournaments this calendar year. How can you be competitively sharp heading in? Yeah. But that didn't bother them. 12 of 18 making the cut and the top three in the top five. It seems so you, you want, you start to wonder with the way that the PGA tour has reworked the schedule, having one of those huge events this week. And we've already seen Rory back out. I mean, who put that on the schedule? It's almost like Liv and, and Norman had a plan and he had worked this plan out for years before it actually came to fruition. Whereas the PGA tour is kind of ready fire aiming this deal. And you just you start to kind of wonder how it all coexists. But I, I do think if Norman, and he may not do it, but if, if there's a way to kind of get him out of the limelight and get him away from the spotlight, I think we might have more cohesion between those two tours than we really thought we had. And maybe even players thought they had until they finally got back on the same, in the, on the same piece of earth together competing probably talking off, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. getting together and, and talking about what's going on and realizing, you know what, we're a lot more in the same boat than we thought. Do you think with how how high some of these guys finish from the live that we've mentioned, it gets others to consider, maybe I should go over there? That's interesting. I don't know. I, I do think the fact that, at least for now and it looks like forever, that those live guys are going to have the option to play all four majors, entices, it's enticing for some guys. But here's the problem. And and at least in the majors, <clears throat> the live guys can get the official world golf rankings points, which then allows to make, you know, the Ryder Cup get back into the majors, you know, and that kind of thing. If, if they can get that worked out to where the live guys do get official world golf rankings points, at that point, maybe you see some other guys take that choice. 
But I think if that does happen and if Norman gets away, I don't I don't necessarily think at that point you have to make that choice. You can just kind of everyone can just kind of play where they're at. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or and maybe Liv doesn't let them, which would be a heck of a change, right? No, you can't come here. But it, but with the way that they paid, you know those those bonuses or whatever you want to call it, signing bonuses or whatever to come play. Maybe they decide they don't want to do that. But the the whole point of it is if Norman will get out of the way, I think we'll get back to having – because what do we all want to see more than anything? We want to see all these guys in the same spot we, more yeah. than four times a year. Right. We want to see these guys compete against each other. And I think maybe that's the biggest stumbling block in it is Greg Norman uh, because, as, as it turns out, the PGA Tour has just done what the Saudis did anyway. I mean, they, they've copied that model, basically, just haven't done it maybe as as well as, as what the Live guys have. Uh, with the PGA next week, you, you mentioned guys playing well or whatever. Is there somebody or a couple of guys that you're going to watch between now and then to see how they react to their master's performance going into the PGA uh, that you may consider picking you know, or whatever, just guys that you want to see uh, how they perform between now and then to see what their, their form is going into the PGA? I've always – you know, because of local ties, I've always really liked Hovland, and I, I'm rooting for the kid to to break through. So he's one I'm always going to keep an eye on. He was going to have these top ten finishes throughout his career, but can he break through? You know, so I'm always keeping an eye on him. How does he perform? You know, maybe after this Masters performance, you know, knowing that you know I had an opportunity there to kind of shoot myself to the top and didn't really do it. Um, you know, then other guys, the normal guys, Spieth. Stuff like you know, uh, you know, how does John Rom, you know, after winning it, how does he respond? Do, can he maintain that allure right now of being the best golfer in the in the world? And um, so just guys like that, you know. And then still kind of uh, infatuated with Tom Kim, you know, he finished what 16th. Looking at it right now, tied 16th. You know, what does he do moving forward? So guys like that. How about you? Uh for sure, Rory for me. After that total disappointment, well, it's like here we go again, Rory. It's how I was kind of so bad. It. Like here we go again. It was just so bad. I, I can't believe he missed it. Justin Thomas, same way. I mean, Justin Thomas when he flipped on the TV on Sunday morning and he's finishing round two in those brutal conditions. Don't get me wrong, but he's two under going into like thirteen. I'm thinking, heck, he make a, a birdie or two. He'll be kind of one of those right that there. will be able to try to put some pressure on Kepka later on. And he plays the last eight holes and six over. You're like, he's going home. Yeah. What just happened? And we can all make the he wanted Tiger to make the cut joke, but he wanted to make the cut. <laughs> he didn't mean to bogey them both. You know what I'm saying? Which by the time they got to 18, I mean, my gosh, that morning that they were hitting drives like 235. Everyone was hitting woods into number 18 green by the time they all got there. But you know those guys there. I want to, you know, another guy that wasn't at the Masters but was starting to play better and getting close. And, and heck, I, I think you tried to pick him before I told you what in the field is Ricky Fowler. Yeah. You know, how much can he continue his comeback uh, before the PGA? So there's a, there's a lot, a lot to unpack still uh, with three more majors left. Uh, but right now it sure feels like it's Scheffler and it's Rom. I, I would put him in the other order myself. It's Rom, Scheffler, and then a decent drop off to everybody else. Uh, in the game of golf right now, because those two guys have really, really dominated. That's Rom's fourth win. You know, he threw us off the scent just a little bit, m- me in particular, because if you'd have asked me 
at the first of March who's winning the Masters, I would have told you John Rahm, bar none. And then he plays bad at Bay Hill. He has to withdraw from the players because he got sick. And then the match play, he didn't he didn't do great on kind of a weird golf course or what have you. And he threw you off the scent just a little bit because his, those last three results weren't nearly what the – but the others were so strong. It just uh, – yeah. that, that was almost yeah. – at least for me, it was a little bit too much what have you done for me lately and not enough. You know what? John Robinson, the best player in the world this year. What am I doing? You know? Right. All right. It's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll tell you all about it when we come back. Also, the NBA playoffs, play-in games start this evening, and the Thunder are back involved way faster than I think a bunch of us thought. We'll talk about that next. It's Skinny on Sports right here on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday on the Sports Animal. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's the Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It's Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street is care you can trust. Got free delivery right here in the Elk City area. They are the oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City. That means they've got the most experience compounding. Uh, drive-through pickup, curbside testing, and vaccinations. They've got these things called blister packs, which is their long-term care unit packaging. Give them a call, 580-225-2121. That's Paul Jones Drug, Rodney, and the gang down there at 809 North Main. We'll tell you more about them as we move along today. Jared. Yes. If I would have told you coming out of the bubble season with the moves the Oklahoma City Thunder had made, Namely, getting rid of anybody that was any good outside of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, or at least we thought. If I'd have told you heading into that 2020-2021 season that come 2023, the Thunder would be back in the play-in with a chance to get into the playoffs, what would you have thought? I would have thought, okay, maybe, but not likely. Because everything I've been told about a rebuild a process, if you will, it takes forever. Look at Philly. It's taken them forever to be good, right? They've gone through top picks after top picks. And so I'm thinking, nah, I had it in my mind that it's, this is going to be a long, drawn-out process. Especially considering you didn't necessarily get the biggest prize in either draft right? with your lottery luck. Mm-hmm. Now, if somehow you got LeBron James in there in those two years – yeah, that speeds up the timetable. But Oklahoma City didn't, and the one time they did get lottery luck, we haven't seen him play yet. We did, so we don't even know if it's luck. And yeah, we don't know if the true. luck's going to pay off. Might have been bad luck. Might have been terrible yeah, drafting. Right. Uh, it, it's astonishing uh, that this has happened the way that it's happened. And for me, I mean, it all revolves around Shea and the improvement that he's made, the player that he's become. He's just so much better now than I think either of us would have ever thought back then. 
think we all knew there was a, a potential for him to be really good. And that was obvious by keeping him on the team, um, getting him in the Paul George trade. I think that was the biggest get outside of the picks, obviously. Well, that's that, that was isn't that the weird thing looking back though? Like he was just kind of a throw in. I mean, the Thunder wanted him and, and oh, needed I think a player Sam back. Wanted him, I but, think Sam. Saw but not, but he, yeah. no one thought he was the biggest prize of what they got. Like build around a, have a franchise build around him, guy. That, I don't think we nah. knew that. I don't. Pressy didn't either. But I was like, his, well, that's a nice. Yeah, I was with you. That's a nice get. Yeah, maybe, if we're maybe giving a, up Paul George, then give me some future here, and obviously the draft picks, and then him. I thought, okay, now this will kind of hold the the ship together. But um, yeah, he's come along nicely, very nicely. So has you know. And then the draft has helped between now and then with Giddy, uh, obviously the uh, uh, Williams, and um, there's been other nice th- throwing stuff in there from like off the bench. Um, so it it's ahead of schedule, sure. Uh, I think anyone in the front office will tell you, no, no, this was all planned out. But no, no, it, it's it's ahead of schedule. It's nice. But back to your original question, I would have been like, well, there, there's always a chance for it to be, for for it to be a bounce back pretty quicker than normal. But I've always been conditioned to thinking, no, no, rebuilds take time, like three to five years yeah, before they, you get to like where they yeah, are now. Right. But I think the big difference is I, we've said this too is the difference between say Philadelphia's rebuild. In Oklahoma City's rebuild, Philadelphia can sustain a longer rebuild because of their large market status. They're always going to be the 76ers. They've been there since the dawn of NBA time. Small market, that was the big worry for me going into a rebuild was, and I and I I, I applaud the fans for coming back. My my fear was if they do the Philadelphia way, would the fans lose interest? There'll be some kids who are five, six years old who go, I never remember this team winning, and I don't care about them. But the fans have come. So I think it was crucial to have a quick turnaround off uh, from a rebuild because of, of fan interest and, and engagement, and it's, and, it's, and it's back. It's there, and it definitely helps, and this is why it's such a bonus to get into the postseason, win or lose, because now, like, all right, playoff basketball or postseason basketball, we're back in it. That's going to rejuvenate the fan base going into the offseason because everyone's like, all right, we were way ahead of schedule. Imagine what next season's going to be like. Let's see what we get in the draft. You know, Let's see what Chet looks like. So it's very crucial to have a quick rebuild. Yeah, I think all that's icing on the cake because in a market like this, even if, <clears throat> even if the, the record isn't great, which it hasn't been the last two years, obviously, leading into this year. The one thing that you could always see was some hope because, okay, Shea is better than we thought. Oh, who the heck Who the heck are we drafting? Hey, this Giddy is pretty good too. You know, and then you don't get to see Chet, which is a bummer this year. But, you know, quite honestly, Jalen Williams stepped right into that role of Chet as far as, man, how good can this guy be? You know, so we really kind of got that, except for not with the guy we thought we would get it from, mm-hmm. which just leads to more optimism because you think, God, if this guy is this good as the 12th pick, how good is the second pick going to be? And it just so happens that it feels like he could serve a purpose that is desperately needed on this current team, and that is protect the rim to some extent. 
And so it all it's all working out. I think the way Presty probably planned it, <clears throat> maybe just a little bit faster than we thought. Especially considering that Chet didn't play this year. If if Chet would have played this year and been a, a, a good player, I don't know if you're as, I don't know if we're as surprised today as we are. That makes sense. Absolutely. But at the same time, you got expectations would have been a lot higher if Chet didn't get hurt and, and he played the entire season, right? The hope would have been higher. The hope would have been higher. But as it turns out, you got well. You're going to have the set. You're you're going to have number two in the rookie of the year voting. So you essentially got number two pick production. If you just look at draft slots, you essentially got that. You just got it from the twelfth pick because the second pick didn't play. Which, oh by the way, you have. He's your guy. So it's there's a lot of things to really be. Uh, excited about and that's why anytime we ask Jim about this or any basically anybody that watches basketball if Chet Holmgren can be the second pick in the draft quality this team is going to be fantastic very good yeah and that's that, that's the that's the beauty of what's happening and we got a little bit of a picture of that during summer league especially that first game right we saw a little bit of Okay, this this kid might be the real deal, but then the injury and and then the lower expectations, and now, like you said, this is all bonus. This is all bonus basketball. This is awesome. Regardless of what happens tomorrow, we Thunder fans should be very happy with the season overall and and what's to come. Thirteen of fifteen seasons, Oklahoma City. Uh, the Thunder have been in Oklahoma City. They've won at least forty games. That's uh, incredible consistency for a small market. What is your favorite series? Or do you have a favorite game to eat tonight? I mean, obviously. I mean, I'm going to pay attention. You're to watching it. Lakers uh, right. Wolves because whoever loses could potentially be the Thunder's matchup on Friday to get the eighth seed. Yes. But outside of that, uh, what's your favorite series in the first round? Outside of playing. Yes. Oh boy. The Warriors Kings. Does nothing for me. Really, it really doesn't. Oh man, that's the one I think it's going to be awesome. Do you? I, I think, think it's going to be the entertaining. Warriors are just going to go. Okay, playoffs. Click, flip it on. And it's going to be all the love for the Warriors. Did you know the Warriors and the Kings have never been in the same playoffs? You hear Jim say that yesterday. I did not know that. Crazier stat: Not a Texas team is in the playoffs. That's true. Not one, and I think that's a wow. Maybe the first time ever. That a Texas team is not in the NBA playoffs. I mean, you think about it, the Spurs have been there for so many years. And if they missed, you know, the Rockets were really good at a lot of different times. Mm-hmm. The Mavs has been. There's always a good team in Texas at one point <clears throat> yeah. or another. They're always what? And this year, nah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, but the Warriors-Kings thing, that's kind of cool that they've never been in the playoffs at the same time, and they play each other. They play each other. So which one do you I like mean, that's, if it's that's, not that one? That, is, that looks like the obvious answer. I get it because of the proximity of the two, the story of the Kings, how good they've looked mm-hmm. this year, which, by the way, is something I could see the Thunder being next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but I think the Warriors just – they've been, okay, we'll get in the playoffs, we'll get this spot, and we're going to really turn on the title defense when we get into the playoffs. Nets 76ers has nothing because of the oh, Nets dear. depleted roster. Forget about it. 
Uh, maybe Clippers Suns, maybe. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's a lot I of people's you, answer. The West is going to be incredibly fun, right? There's a lot of fun series in that one, in that first round. Yeah, and, if you and could, potential fun series too. <clears throat> that's what I was thinking. If what you if could, it's L.A. and the Nuggets? I was, or, that, or LA that, or LA Grizzlies. If if or, LA or, wins yeah. tonight, they'll play the Grizz. That's how it works. Okay. Yes. But if they lose and then they beat the Thunder, they play the Nuggets. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever wins that second, or or I'm sorry, whoever wins on Friday. Or, yeah. 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 The winner on Friday will play the Nuggets. The winner tonight. Could you tell who I'm picking for tomorrow's game? <laughs> the winner tonight will play uh, the the Grizzlies. Yeah. Clipper Suns looks good for sure. Uh, what what's a series? Maybe not in this first round, but later on down the line, either conference that you hope that we get to see. Uh, I'm gonna have to look at a bracket. I'm I'm struggling because I'm on my phone. Um, if the Clippers or Suns win, who would they get? Nuggets. Because mm. they're the four or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the potential maybe, maybe that one. So next round, next round potential in the West is Clippers, Suns versus Nuggets, unless something crazy happens. And then uh, Lakers Grizzlies. If Lakers win tonight, Lakers Grizzlies versus the winner of uh, Golden State and Sacramento. Well, that could be fun too. But I think this the the uh, you know the Nuggets are kind of like like Hovland. You know they're good, but when are they going to break through? Yeah. And um, so I think they get by the first round, but you know they get Clippers or Suns. Imagine if it's the Suns. Yeah, I don't think they want any part of the Suns. No. They're hoping the Clippers beat the Suns, I think. Yeah, that wouldn't be real fun. I want to see Suns-Warriors. Oh, there's there's some more storylines I want right to see or, or Suns-Lakers. You know, the, the matchup that we really haven't got to see very often over the last handful of years, in regular season games even, is LeBron-KD. We haven't seen them play each other very much. So them going at it in a seven-game Western Conference Finals, that would be pretty awesome too. That would, that would be fun. On the other side, I think we get um, we're going to get Sixers Celtics next round, and then whoever wins that against the Bucks should be awesome in the East in, in the Eastern Conference. All right, who do you think makes the Conference Finals? Give me the Suns in the West. Playing? Uh, I will say, man, I'm down between two teams in the East. No, no, who are they playing in the Western Conference Finals? Oh, I see. Without looking at the bracket. It's either Grizzlies, Lakers, say the Lakers win tonight. Grizzlies, Lakers, uh, Kings, Warriors. Lakers. Wow. Okay. They're playing good. All right. In the East. This is uh give me the seventy sixers. Seventy sixers and against the Bucks. Uh huh. In the Eastern Conference Finals. Dang you. Going with the with the soon to be MVP. You're gonna trust the Sixers, are you? Are you gonna trust the Sixers and make the finals? To beat Milwaukee? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Are you really? I'm doing it. Against Phoenix? Uh Uh-huh. 
That would be a fun series. All right, who you got winning it all? Phoenix. Phoenix winning it all. Katie's the reason why they finally get get over the top. Phoenix winning. Okay, I've got Suns Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. The Eastern Conference Finals, I wanted to trust the Sixers, but I've done it before and I've seen the error of my ways. I've got Bucks Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. The finals, this is probably just what I want to see versus what I think it's going to happen. But I'm going to take Phoenix and I'm going to take Milwaukee. And in a repeat of a couple of years ago, give me Milwaukee. 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 I mean, all of a sudden, I'm just a Milwaukee fan all the way through. The Look Brewers, the Bucks. They give me uh, Giannis hoisting trophy number two, denying KD of more of a legacy building win. They're going to make you an honorary Milwaukeean. Keep picking them. I like the Bucks. I really do. They, they're the forgotten one, right? They are. But they're they, always they the forgotten good. one. Middleton not uh, Middleton's knee worries me a little bit. Hopefully he's okay. All right, that's the NBA playoff kind of preview. We'll talk a lot more about it tomorrow, just specifically the matchup of Thunder. Pelicans will know who the opponent would be with a win after tonight's play-in games. When we come back, some guys never learn. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medication safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM. The Sports Animal wrapping up a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Rodney Skinner in the gang at Paul Jones Drug and 809 North Main. We always talk about this feature of Paul Jones Drug each and every week. That is convenience packaging. Jared, do you know what convenience packaging is? Oh, well, it's in after the name. all these weeks. Surely you do. It's in the name. It's convenient. It it takes all the pills that you take on a certain day and puts it in a package, and they label it what day you should be taking these pills. Right? And just open the package, take your pills. No more mixing up pills or worrying if you've got. Did I take the right pills? You don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, pill caddy gone. Forget it. Don't need to worry about it. They Gonzo. do it for you. So. Convenience packaging. It's great stuff there. Uh, they got durable medical equipment, which is walkers, canes, crutches, wraps, and the, and the like. Most insurances are accepted. And it's not just the medical part. They've got some awesome gifts and greeting cards as well. For your soon-to-be 2023 graduate, be a great place to pick up some stuff there. Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main, right here in Elk City. Jared... <clears throat> Do you ever have you ever known anybody in your life that just wouldn't get it, that just never got it, and you saw mis- the same mistake made over and over and over, and you even tried to maybe even help this person? Like, what are you doing? You keep doing the same things over and over and over, and sure, yeah. and it's not working. Yeah, you're, oh, yeah. You're, you got the same results, right? Yeah. I think there's a guy in college football that is going down this path. 
and it's one that will make a bunch of people happy in this state. His name is Lincoln Riley. Oh, Mule Shoe, what do you do now? Did you see what he did last night? Yeah, Who was joining the coaching staff I at did. USC? None other than, drumroll please, I know you're thinking, God, he finally hired a defensive coordinator worth, his, worth a grain of salt. Did he finally decide to fix his defense? No, he hired Cliff Kingsbury to be an offensive an- an analyst and work with the quarterbacks. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I guess his idea is to is to lose sixty three to sixty instead of fifty six to fifty four or whatever his losses were. You realize uh, that defense, that vaunted USC defense. I, I saw a Utah. Either fan side or it wasn't the official athletic side, but I tweet out, oh, it's w- what a smart move by Lincoln fixing the problem in those games against us and Tulane. Oh, wait, no. There was 18 missed tackles in the game in Salt Lake, 23 missed tackles by that USC defense in, La- in Las Vegas in the Pac-12 title game, and they only gave up a measly 29.2 yards per attempt to Tulane through the air. But fixed in the quarterback room is his is his way to conquer all these defensive problems. I don't think there was anything wrong with their quarterback. It was only the Heisman. He I mean, what's he going to teach the him? Highway, the Heisman, yeah. They got possibly a future Heisman coming in with uh, Nelson, and he's going to keep those coming in like he did at OU. Is he helping a fellow Red Raider out? I mean, you'd like to think that Cliff probably could have – done whatever he wanted to but here here's my question Did cliff keep his apartment when he was one month in yeah, la back in 2018 at, yeah I mean, what <laughs> i think it's a it's a camaraderie hey hey you're a fellow red raider i'll help you out we'll give you a job get you back on your feet he's looking at the model seriously though like at nick saban kind of thing like okay i'm gonna bring this guy in this is a uh career recovery gig hoping that he'd be there for a couple years and then he'll find another land on his feet on, with another job. But it seems very uh, head-scratching. Like, what are you doing, man? Did you even address the defensive issues? In last I checked, Mr. Grinch is still ruining Christmas in L.A. Maybe, maybe Cliff Kingsbury will be the key that unlocks the issue of Rush 3 Drop 8. The Lincoln-Riley kryptonite defense created in Ames, Iowa that has baffled him ever since Baker Mayfield was the quarterback. Yeah, maybe he'll unlock Caleb Williams' potential. Maybe he'll <laughs> unlock the secret to drop three or Rush 3 Drop 8. Or maybe he is doing his his former Red Raider buddy a solid by putting him into position to follow him as the head coach of the USC Trojans when Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL to coach whatever team drafts Caleb Williams number one. I wonder what the dynamics are going to be like between those two. Like, have they had a? Were they on the campus at the same time? Was he a grad assistant with Cliff? I mean, I don't know their age. I don't know when they graduate or. Were, Cliff's their times, older. They're Cliff's, right? Cliff's older. I don't know. 
I don't think they've ever worked together in any capacity. My question is, does Cliff come in and go, hey, man, hey, I was a head coach at the big leagues. Maybe listen to what I got to say about yeah, this. probably not. Go, Wait a minute, bud. Uh, I'm the head coach here. Yeah, I think what Lincoln probably says is – I beat you uh, when I you beat were you. at Lubbock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about me, bro. Remember that game? <laughs> Remember you couldn't even beat me with Pat Mahomes as your quarterback? Yeah. I guess he was – Lincoln was the assistant, but still – well, point remains interesting very very interesting that that was his i mean I, and i guess in this day and age with the with the analyst positions that are open you're probably if you can have cliff kingsbury you might as well take him right i mean if he wasn't gonna hire him somebody was i, I don't think he yeah that's what just, i mean he was just gonna not do anything but i mean if you if you had the choice and making it, him an analyst and not you might as well yeah, make it, him an analyst yeah and it feels like a like a nick saban like a model after what nick saban has done with coaches that have you know lost their job and you know they still have some mystique about them as being a good coach well he'll bring him in and and see what happens you know see okay come be an analyst whatever that means <laughs> what are they doing keeping charts i and then getting hired on somewhere else. Yeah, I think he's going to essentially be the assistant quarterback coach working with the quarterbacks alongside Lincoln would be my guess. But that defense still not good? No. All right, and th- uh, nobody's going to see him on the CW. <laughs> Did you hear Jim Nance take a shot at the live about the CW? No. <laughs> it was perfect. I, I, I saw a headline. I didn't Perfectly know. worked in there. <laughs> All right, thanks to Rodney Skinner and the gang at Paul Jones Drug. Every Tuesday on the show is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Everyone enjoy the play-in games tonight. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back, goodbye. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.